Hey guys, welcome to the first episode of Let's Book Talk. I am so excited that this show is finally here and ready for y'all to listen. We have an awesome conversation to kick this show off. It's with Hannah McGuire, the author of The Immortal Life, Paid Percival. We get into pretty much everything, you know, her inspirations, her influences, um, a lot about the book, why you guys should read it, which I really, really hope you do. And yeah, you know, I don't want to spoil any more of it. Uh, if you've watched the the few clips that I posted on TikTok, um, I hope that that was enough to hold you over until now. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Han McGuire. Enjoy. I guess just to, you know, just to kick it all off, um, if you could tell me a bit about how you discovered, you know, your passion for storytelling and how the people in your life from an early age uh, influenced that. So I feel like for me, sharing stories is such a great way to just process emotions and it's a very expressive art Um, and it's really accessible for lots of people making music or film, for example, that's not very accessible to the average person, but anyone Mm -hmm. can jot down a story or tell a story. Um, I was always a storytelling kid going to sleepaway camp or slumber parties. All the other kids would beg me to tell bedtime stories. And it was just a super fun and fond memory. I had a lot of teachers um, growing up that really encouraged that. Um, Like they would put us in poetry competitions. I got one of my mm. early poems published in a book. So that was super oh, wow. encouraging. Um, one year, one of our teachers had us all write and publish a children's book and she got the school to finance it. So we got our own little published copy of our book. So it was always very reading and writing forward at my school. Mm. And I just remember um, my family's kind of full of storytellers. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> my brother is actually a writer also but he's just never published because he's a little bit more on the shy side than me if that's even possible to believe (laughs) (laughs) but he um he's a storyteller and my mom she has told me stories from as early as I can remember so Mm -hmm. it's a good creative outlet for sure and like you said you know the fact that you already had that you know that sort of drive to be a storyteller at such an early age. I mean, did you always want to get to the point where you were a published author or is just something that you like to do whether or not it would uh, lead to that at some point? I feel like for me, it's definitely something I'm very inspired to do. Um, Mm. Many different things in life will be my muse and I'm just stricken with the inspiration to write something. And mm-hmm. when I started writing this book, I actually wasn't sure that it would ever be published. Um, but I I just started writing it and I thought I can write a book. And then it sounds silly that I wouldn't think it would be published because where else would that lead to? But mm-hmm. somewhere in the process, I decided to start learning more about self-publishing. And I realized that if you can put the work into it, that it is attainable. And mm-hmm. so for me, being published was definitely about like, sharing that story with the world and sharing with other readers. Um, I entered Mm -hmm. right before I wrote this book, I entered a poetry competition that had like a cash prize and I got to the finals, but I didn't win. And I feel like it was really validating 
that I could get all the way mm-hmm. to that stage of the competition. Um, so that was very encouraging. And when I first shared this story, I shared a 40 page version of it with my best friend and she liked it. And then when I was done writing the book, I shared it with my sister and she loved it. And she was such a huge encouragement to say, if you put yourself out there, so many people might love your story. That is awesome. And I actually have the book now on my Kindle Unlimited. So that's right after I'm done with the behemoth that is Throne of Glass. Um, (laughs) I'm going to dive into it because I loved the synopsis. I loved, you know, I'm I'm big on romance on the romance genre, so it was like right up my alley. Um, so, can you actually talk a bit about the book, what inspired it, um, the writing process, and all that good stuff? So, <laughs> this book was actually kind of inspired by like a lot of stories and movies that just there were little nitpicks with where I would watch the movie or read the book Mm. and say, man, I wish this would have happened or that would have happened. Why did they they do this? What was their motivation for that decision? And I was just really thinking about it and it was churning in my mind. And so I decided, you know, to create the rules of my own universe, because especially with fantasy worlds and paranormal things like that, everyone has Mm. their own take on it. Like, for example, like, Anne Rice has her whole own universe of vampires. And so I was kind of inspired by that, that I could create my own world and my own rules. And really the first book is you're introduced at the same time as the female protagonist and you're thrown into this world just as she is. And I use a lot of like references to modern things, modern music and modern film to really Mm -hmm. root you in the fact that she's just in the same place that you are. And the first book focuses primarily on her meeting one person and getting to know them and a little bit about their backstory and their life and their capabilities. And then as the series goes on, because I've actually written book two and I'm writing book three right now. um, Mm -hmm. But as the series goes on, it just develops into such a rich world with this enormous backstory and, you know, someone who's mentioned once in the first book, you know, by the end of it, they are like a main character and it's so fun to just develop that. As far as the story writing process, I'm, I'm just a really like lax writer. (laughs) Some people sit down at a desk, they set up a whole ambiance, they have a schedule. Mm -hmm. I am the complete opposite. I wrote most of book one in my car behind my steering wheel while my daughter was napping. (laughs) That's so (laughs) funny. Yeah, we would go. We have a coffee shop about 15 minutes from my house. And so Mm -hmm. for her nap, we would go, we would drive, drive the drive through and drive home. And I would just sit there for an hour and write. And that was just the time that I had to devote to it. Um, Mm. I write on my phone, like it's the most casual thing, but it's taken me to like such a great, wonderful result. Do you feel like that helps you, um, not be so beholden to like, I have to get this done like right now, if not, I'm going to feel behind or something like that. Because, you know, I come from the world of journalism, 
So I was always writing to deadlines. I'm sure you've uh, probably had self-imposed deadlines and whatnot. Um, so like, does that way of writing help you avoid the stresses that probably come with saying, okay, I have until February 25th to get this done. If I don't make that deadline, then I'm going to be very, very behind. Oh, absolutely. I would say that like, as a beginner writer, the most important thing that I've told myself is not to stand in my own way because mm. I can be such a perfectionist and I can pressure myself. And not only do I want to meet my deadlines, but I need that perfect end result. And in this process, it's such a hands-on learning experience. You have to pick beta readers. They have to read mm -hmm. your story before it's finished. <laughs> right. You have to edit it. You have to get it out there. And especially being an indie author, um, like publishing can be so expensive. I couldn't afford a cover designer. I had to do all of it myself. And so you just make these minor adjustments as you go and not sticking to strict deadlines. It helped me work more from like an emotionally rooted place than like mm -hmm. an analytical place because then I'm giving my first draft to my beta reader and their feedback is what's driving me forward and prodding me to continue. So I feel like mm -hmm. it's a much more genuine inspiration to say I'm writing this because, you know, my sister Sadie loves it. So I'm going to keep writing instead of saying I'm writing this because it's Thursday and I have to have 500 words by three o'clock. <laughs> right, right, right. And that's, that's kind of what I was getting at. Cause you know, from for myself you know i would pitch a story and I'd say okay you have, have until saturday at you know five to get this done and from the starting point to when i turned that story in i had to outline the story i had to find my sources i had to do the research i had to do everything and then still by the time you know four o'clock hit i wasn't in love with what i wrote and i just had to say okay it's done if it needs edits, whatever, they'll send it back. Um, but going through that process, giving, uh, you know, what you have done to your beta readers, I mean, how does it feel once that story is finished to a point, releasing it into the world, so to speak, and giving it to somebody else? It is definitely like a bittersweet feeling because you're so excited for people to read this work. But there is that little voice in the back of your mind that says, you know, all of the bad what ifs, like, what if they don't right. like it? <laughs> like, what if you put this book out there and it isn't well received? So there's a lot of worry that comes with it. But something that's really helped me is that I made just like the flying by the seat of my pants decision to join TikTok and to make a book talk account. Mm -hmm. And immediately I just connected with these great people before I even posted a single promo or anything, they were like, I can't wait for your book to be out. <laughs> so I felt like there yeah. was a very non-judgmental place because, you know, it feels like you're getting judged when you take something that's such a, like a creative, intimate work and you put it out there. But I was so accepted by the community and even readers like outside of my ideal genre said, oh yeah, I'll read your book. I'll tell you what I think. I'll do a review. Mm -hmm. So that has really helped. And I've gotten feedback from a few more of my beta readers and two people have reviewed it on TikTok. And I got a four-star rating. I was very impressed with myself. Awesome. That is awesome. I mean, and, and kind of going back to the fact that it is a trilogy, um, 
was that always the plan or did you write the first book and then think this could be a trilogy and then go at it that way? So I started thinking through my outline of what I wanted for the first book. And mm -hmm. I actually originally was going to do the first book and two spinoff books. And then oh, okay. I, once I sent it out to my first reader, the type of questions that she asked me and the feedback specifically really inspired me to expand it into a series. So I actually have four books planned. And then um, my mind is just always growing. I'm mm -hmm. kind of like a George Lucas storyteller where it's like you start with this basic story. Like there's a girl yeah. with a message, a boy flies, flies a plane. And then all of a sudden you're like, there's 900 planets. There's 10,000 species. Yeah. and. <laughs> Right. So right now I have planned the series of four and then four standalones. So it'll kind of be one of those where it's like there's a universe and there's different series within it. Um, it really has mm. evolved from just improving off of what I've already written. And it's so silly because yeah. you think, you know, when you're not the author, you think they have the story, they've outlined it, they they write this prompt. But as an actual author, I'm writing and I start to write about this random character that they meet along the way. And I start to realize unexpectedly, oh, this person has a lot going on, like as if I'm, you know, meeting a real life person. Mm -hmm. And that's always, I think, one of the more rewarding parts of writing, um, you know, speaking with different authors is the stuff you discover during the writing process is like, oh, I I didn't think I would connect so much with this character that's not so that's not in the forefront as much as the main character. They deserve their own story. Um, and, you know, as Star Wars fans, we love to, like, pick out characters in the cantina or characters just walking by in one scene and being like, what is that guy about? What is she doing? And then we get all these different, you know, spinoff stories. Um, how has not only Star Wars, but any other... Um, movies or even tv shows books i know you're a huge music fan how have those things sort of creeped into um your writing not only in uh this trilogy that's soon to be four books but just overall um throughout your writing career so i use a lot of inspirational things i will listen to certain playlists when i write or mm -hmm. Um, watch certain movies or shows when I'm writing specific parts of the series. And I choose it just based on how it makes me feel. You know, this song makes me feel, you know, like there's an epic scene taking place. And so I listen to it during mm -hmm. the epic scene. Or during the first book, when I was trying to lay out this cozy little town and I wanted the feel to be just right, I binged all of Gilmore Girls because I just needed to be immersed in that emotion <laughs> I love and that. have that be evoked the whole time I was writing and a lot of references sneak in there are some instances where I just you know reference she listens to this or she watches this because mm -hmm. if someone else is a fan of that and they're reading then they'll be like oh yeah I like that but there are some deeper references um little throwaway quotes that only a super fan of those things is going to realize and I also mm -hmm. use like little splashes of lyrics throughout the story. Because to me, music is 
such a poetic art and the lyrics and the prose in certain songs like they can take on a very deep deep meaning within the story so i love throwing that in there and throwing in you know a few lyrics here and there and that's also got to be really cool when the reader picks up on it and lets you know like oh my gosh was this did you do this on purpose because i've read Mm -hmm. um in fact i think it was in uh queen of shadows there was a line that just said i have a bad feeling about this and i was like i don't know if that was intentional but immediately went to star wars when i read it um so that stuff is always super cool to me um and like going back on you know the topic of um you know how you release your story out into the world and you're kind of waiting for those initial reviews to trickle in and and what the reception is like um for any aspiring authors what is some advice that you have for them, um, not only with that process, but just overall, you know, just trusting their own creativity to just say, write the thing and just do it. You know, don't let a sentence or a paragraph deter you if it doesn't sound right in the moment. I I always like to remind myself, there are 7 billion people and counting on this planet. There will be one person out there who is like you, who likes the things you like. You know, not everyone might like my story about vampires and Dungeons and Dragons and Incubus dream feeding demons, Mm -hmm. but someone will. The amount of books out there. There are people on TikTok who their whole page is dedicated to reading nonfiction books. And I can just not imagine in my life reading that many nonfiction books, but they can. It's their niche. You know, Mm -hmm. there are books about people falling in love with Krampus. That's yeah. it's not what I would right. imagine myself reading, but there's someone who sees that book and thousands of people say, that's my perfect read. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's so broad out there and you will find your readers eventually if you just put yourself out there. There are some like TikTok sounds that I listen to frequently because one of them just says, you know, it's okay to feel stupid. Everyone feels stupid sometimes. The first time you do something, you're going to feel stupid. Mm-hmm. But you just have to choose not to feel stupid. And right. it's really good advice. Do the thing scared. You know, don't let the bad what ifs creep in. Give yourself some good ones. Like, what if someone loves your book? Yeah, and I think even just that one person, it's, it's worth it in the end. I mean, and, and you never know word of mouth, especially these days, not only with TikTok, but all forms of social media, it's 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 incredible what that can do, you know, just one person saying, I love this book, you should read it. And then from then on, it just, it can go viral and it's in everybody's hands. Um, Here's a fun question for you. Have you thought about, let's say the immortal life of Kate Percival becomes a movie, a TV show. Have you thought about who you would cast as the two main characters? (laughs) So, I have thought about that happening in my wildest dreams. Um, That's a lot of the Mm. reason why I listen to playlists when I write, because I just have to have that movie vibe. Mm -hmm. I have not cast the two main characters. Ironically, I just, they're so specific in my head that it could just never be right with existing actors. But there are others that I have cast. (laughs) Nona's boss, who owns the bookstore, his name is Roy. Mm. And he's a character that kind of develops as the series goes. 
he's kind of a little Easter egg character. And every time I write about him, I vividly imagine him as Matthew Lillard. Um, oh I'm, my a God. Huge, I'm a Funny. huge D&D fan, and he does lots of D&D content nowadays. Mm-hmm. I obviously grew up on all of his movies, and for some mm-hmm. reason, he's just what I picture as that wholesome bookstore owner that's a little bit more than meets the eye. <laughs> That is so funny because I do that all the time. I'm reading and I'm like, hmm, who would that be? You know, and, and the same thing with like with settings. Because one thing I've noticed, I don't know if you're the same way, when I'm reading a story and if something is described in such a way where I can connect it to something I've seen in another movie or show, immediately it looks like that for me. So every time I think back to the story i'm thinking of you know if there's a throne room sequence i'm thinking of you know palpatine's throne room and return of the jedi if there's a castle i'm thinking of hogwarts if there's you know it's always like that so i don't know if if you've if that's happened to you if that's sort of how you write uh when you're describing places and and um you know just overall scenery that definitely happens to me and if anyone reads my book and that happens to them, I definitely want to know about it. When I read um, Akatar for the first time, I think a lot of people feel the same. That mud worm sequence, all I could picture was the Alaskan bullworm from SpongeBob. <laughs> <laughs> yep, <laughs> me too. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> I, I want to know why we all had that collective thought. I feel like no one has said anything <laughs> different. It was all the Alaskan bullworm. And I'm not that sure that's so what you're going for. <laughs> but I don't think so can... either. Yeah. 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 I don't think so either. It's probably supposed to be something super menacing. And then, <laughs> you know, we made a meme out of it with that worm. Oh, my oh, gosh. Yeah. That's hilarious. Um, so, you know, we're almost uh, done here with this conversation. But I wanted to ask you. Uh, before you tell everybody, you know, where they can find the book and where they can find you online. Um, if there's anything that you would like to tell readers who are thinking about reading the book um, and are not iffy, but maybe they haven't delved into this genre before. Maybe they are those nonfiction readers. Uh, what would your pitch be to them uh, so they could crack open the book? So this book is great for people who are beginners to fantasy or paranormal because the first book of the series is rooted 50% or more in her real world experiences. So this is great for beginners. My first beta readers are not fantasy readers at all, but it's good for someone who wants to get into it, who just has like a base knowledge of it. And the series really grows as it goes. So if you read the first book and there is just a little hint of something you like, I definitely encourage people continue with the series because I like to take it in many different directions that many people can put themselves in the place of. Um, I do reference like 1920s historical events in this first book. There are going to be... um, historical elements in the standalone novel that is a pirate novel the main series goes a lot into fantasy but there will be dragons bay forests there will be more modern aspects in some of the books so i feel like everyone can find something that they love in the story whether it's the love itself 
or whether it is found family or, you know, there's a really rich amount of side characters. Some books really focus just like down the straight and narrow. You got your main person and only who they see. But I'd mm-hmm. like to branch out and just make it something that everyone can really enjoy. That's awesome. And that would be that would get me to read it if I wasn't already, you know, totally bought in. Um, is there any book that you would compare this to? Like if somebody <laughs> is an Akatar fan or they've read, you know, Throne of Glass or they've read Fourth Wing, you know, is there anything you could point to that you would say, all right, if you liked that book, I think you would like this. You know, I'm not really sure. There are definitely a lot of things that I've drawn inspiration from, but I think it's really unlike other things that I've read. Um, When I was writing, one of the books that majorly inspired me was Inkheart because I really liked the way that it was rooted in the main world setting, but the mystical elements were brought in in such a charming way. Um, Cornelia Funk is such a great writer. I definitely think that if you like the Gilmore Girls small town vibes, you will like this book. Um, If you like the way that Interview with the Vampire examines the morality of a character, like a blood-sucking vampire, and how can this be, and how do they cope, then I think you will like this book. (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. That's actually, that makes me even more excited to know (laughs) that this is really like, its own thing like there's really no label to put on it so that's really exciting um well hannah thank you so much for for joining me today i really appreciate it before you go if you can let people know where they can find you online where they can find the book and anything else uh you might be working on uh aside from the immortal life of paid personal yeah so right now it is available in ebook and paperback on amazon I actually have a sales goal. When I sell a thousand physical copies, then I am going to release a hardcover edition and I'm going to be working with an artist. Super excited for that. Um, I've already been in touch with her. I post most of my updates through TikTok, but in my bio, um, there's a link to buy me a coffee, which is my email list. Um, It's a great place in case you don't want to spend $15 on a book or you think, wow, I like to support a cause but I can't add another book to my TBR. Um, You can tip on there. You can get free updates, but you can also just leave a tip and all that's going to be used for PR packages. So those are the exciting things with the first book. The second book I'm hoping to release at the end of 2024. And the updates will be in those places as well. Awesome. All right, guys, y'all know what to do. Make sure to get the book, read it, leave some awesome reviews and help Hannah any way you can. And uh, we'll keep our eyes open for book number two at the end of the year. Thank you so much. All right, guys. Episode number one is in the books. Uh, Make sure to go out and get Hannah's book. Support her any way you can. I mean, it is no easy feat to not only write a book, but then go through that process of getting it in, in as many hands as possible. So anything you guys can do, that would be great. We're going to be having weekly episodes from here on out every Thursday, dropping at 11 a.m. Eastern. Uh, next week, we'll be speaking to Alexandra Pugachevsky, the author of the Zoya Trilogy. It's another great conversation. Can't wait for you guys to listen. Um, and remember, you guys can listen and soon watch 
these episodes on YouTube. You can listen to them on Spreaker. I'm going to be adding them to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all those other podcast sites. I mean, there's like a thousand now. So I really, really hope you guys enjoyed this. I hope this is kind of the content that you've been looking for um, when talking to authors and at some point, book talk creators as well. So thank you guys once again, and I'll talk to you all very soon.